Decidedly Dry. I'm your host, Jess Steitzer. This is a sober podcast where we actually focus on the good. Amazing, right? We spark inspiration. We try to provide some hope and we help motivate you. I promise to always keep it real, provide some dry humor, and remind you every single episode why sobriety is truly a superpower. If you'd like to learn more about the show or make a donation, just head on over to decidedlydry.com. Thank you so much for pushing play today. Let's get started. Today's guest is one of my dear friends, Katie Greer. Katie is a local mom here in the Pacific Northwest. She is a fellow creative, a go-getter, a helper, a dreamer, and is one of the strongest women I know. Now, I need to give you a little bit of a heads up, maybe a trigger warning. Katie's gone through a lot. In fact, a lot doesn't even seem to cover it. You know that quote that says something like, You've made it through 100% of your hardest days. Keep going. Well, that's just what she's doing. Unfortunately, Katie's beautiful daughter, Marissa, drowned in a terrible accident at the age of four. As a mom myself, I cannot even fathom what that feels like. Now, I know what you're thinking. You're probably thinking to yourself, hold the phone, Jess. Isn't the tagline of this freaking podcast focus on the good? And my answer to that is yes. Yes, it is. After Katie experienced the unthinkable, emptiness, isolation, pain, rage, sorrow, she found something called the grief recovery method. She completed the method and soon after has dedicated her time and her focus to support other grievers. Why am I including her on a recovery podcast that focuses on living alcohol-free? Well, She's removed alcohol, is a walking example of someone who is doing good things, and in my opinion, a true warrior. Here's our chat. All right. Hi, Katie. Thank you so much for being here on Decidedly Dry. I am honored to have you as my guest. How are you? Hi, Jess. I'm so good. How are you? Oh, I'm so good. So excited to have you here. Well, oh, me too. We... We're not going to waste any time. We have so much good stuff to fit into one episode. So I'm going to just go ahead and hit you with the first question, if you're okay with that. Let's do it. All right. So we're going to get started by basically introducing you to anyone that's listening. So take a few minutes and just tell me about yourself, who you are, where you live, your job, what you like to do for fun, and how long you've been sober, curious, or alcohol-free. You bet. So my name is Katie Greer, and... I live in the Pacific Northwest along with Jess and I have two kids, mom of two, married my high school sweetheart, live on a farm in a quaint little town. And I have recently put down the bottle per se (laughs) and uh, just feel like it was no longer serving me. I have a new business that I started and it's called the satellite project. And I work with clients in grief and alcohol has been a lot of, it has been a a big part of my journey, uh, through grief in itself and in allowing myself to relinquish that I found a lot 
bigger pieces of my life that have either been more fulfilling or actually more honest and real and diving into the to the parts of you that you don't really want to get into because it right. feels scary. Yeah. Um, and so I, I grew up with, without alcohol on like in my house, both my parents were, um, very, very rare wine drinkers. And I, I think that it probably wasn't until college that I discovered <laughs> anything. And I remember having a beer in college and thinking, Oh, okay. I get it. <laughs> I see why people like this. It's kind of fun. And then that kind of fun little buzz, um, led to some really poor decisions and things that do not align with my heart, but either I said, because I thought it would get a laugh or, um, reacting or responding to something on a whim that I would never say sober. And so mm -hmm. there were pieces of my journey that started in college, I would say that led to me knowing that it could numb and, I don't even want to say mitigate because it doesn't is exactly the right. opposite. Um, but things that when you are fearful or nervous about emotions or relationships and you want to just pretend like it's not there. Mm -hmm. And that pretend factor is such to me, the, the big piece, because that's all it was. It was pretending. Right. And I feel like about a year or two ago, I started being like, this is not, this isn't good. So I started cutting it back and actually it was just really, really recently. I think I'm on like day 25, um, that I haven't had anything and I don't want anything other mm -hmm. than it just feels like a default. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But and yeah, I guess my relationship hasn't been um, volatile, but it's had a lot of, it's been a big player in many, um, critical parts of my life. Well, and you're not alone. I mean, yeah. talk about, I love how you brought up college. My story was very similar where you get to college, you have that first drink and there's that, Oh, Mm -hmm. Well, this is what people are doing. And this is how quote unquote fun it is, you know, and mm. it's just, it's everywhere. And so I'm, I'm not surprised that it took that long for it to enter your life. Cause I think a lot of our stories are so similar, but it is funny how, as the years go by, we start having those flags start to come up like, wait, I wouldn't normally say that. Like you said, or yeah. I wouldn't have sent that text or gosh, I don't dance like that normally. <laughs> well, <laughs> me, me and dancing are another thing. <laughs> That's a whole nother subject. We'll get to that in about 10 minutes. No. Sure. <laughs> uh, well, you kind of touched on it. So we heard a little bit about your history with alcohol and mm. kind of when it started to shift. So was there a point where you really were just like, okay, enough is enough. Like, how did you remove it? And what tools kind of helped you become alcohol free? Um, so I feel like the big moment, um, was when my daughter died and we were on vacation. She, she drowned in the Pacific ocean. If I just kind of dive into that, we were pulled into the, the ocean by a wave and she was in my hand. We 
we're looking right at the water when it happened and we were pulled in. And I remember thinking afterwards, like we're jumping way ahead because I can get into whole grief part, but let's, let's keep our focus. (laughs) Um, and it was, it was after the fact, after we got home from our vacation that I was afraid to touch it again mm-hmm. because what else could happen when I was under the influence and I don't feel like she died because of it, but it was a factor. Sure. I guess I want to be clear with that. Um, and so for a long time, I, I didn't want it. I didn't want to touch it. And then I sort of started becoming more and more dependent. I don't want to, well, not dependent, but I, I liked the numbness right. of it. It, it took away the grief. It took away that heaviness that mm-hmm. felt so unwelcome and scary. Mm-hmm. And so, and I, I also should say that even when both kids were alive, I fell into this. It's okay to drink at, you know, five o'clock, four o'clock. And my five o'clock became 10 AM at times because being a mom of two little kids, if I just had a little bit of, you know, to drink while they played, it took away the stress of the yelling and the banter. And now fast forward, I only have one and not drinking around him is I, I guess I feel like I let my daughter down because I let them both down because I was not present in the way that I wanted to be Yeah, because I was so lost in my own desire of, I don't even know if I can have ever articulated this, but the desire to have a peaceful household, which is kind of an oxymoron if you have little kids around. Right. And maybe I was just ill-prepared for the, the environment. And so as I, there's so many ups and downs to this, I feel like, you know, Mm -hmm. we're kind of jumping way ahead, but, um, I would give it up and then I would come back to it, give it up and come back to it. And now I feel like following you, being friends with you, immersing myself more so in this culture where it is acceptable and encouraged Mm -hmm. to put it away and say, you don't need this. And in fact, it's better if you don't Mm -hmm. and running my business as well, that really promotes healthy living. And you can't do that while you're drunk or even tipsy. And so letting it go, all of these pieces just started falling in line. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking, well, what, what am I doing? Like if I, if I have one drink, is it really benefiting me all that much? No. Okay. Well then why did you pick it up? Okay. Well, I guess I don't need to next time. And so finding out in grief recovery, what I, what I teach, we call them stirs. It's short-term energy relieving behaviors, coping mechanisms Mm -hmm. essentially. And so if you were using alcohol as a stirb, as a coping mechanism, where is your intention in, in resorting to that? And I started to find, well, I'm, I'm tired or I'm scared or I'm frustrated, Mm -hmm. get to the emotional pieces of it and getting more emotionally honest with myself. I could then say, I don't need this today. 
or <laughs> like tomorrow or, you know, what have yeah. you. And, and so, um, my, the, sh- the shift I feel has been so up and down, but gradual. And now that I, it's funny to, to call myself alcohol free, but I guess, yeah, that's what I'm doing. That's what um, you're doing. But, but since I've become this new, better version of myself, I just feel freer long story short, I suppose, or <laughs> longer story long. Um, how, however you want to say is, is that I just really enjoy who I am being alcohol free. I like myself better. Mm-hmm. I was worried that this grieving, sad person, um, could only be tolerable in my, in the environment, the community that I associate with if I drank mm-hmm. and because it took away that sorrow piece, doing my own heart work with grief and putting the bottle down. I know that that's not true. That's a, that's a myth. That's a false right. that I don't, it doesn't serve me. Right. Well, that's a wrap. I think we covered it all, Katie. So that's oh. the end of our episode. No, <laughs> just kidding. Like, okay. <laughs> Thank you. You did great. Um, oh my gosh. There's so many nuggets. I wish I had a paper and pen so I could just be scribbling all the things I want to respond to. Um, <laughs> Okay. I have to go to the start. I think you nailed it when you started talking about, I mean, motherhood when we're thrown Mm -hmm. into it. I mean, I said it, I think in a previous episode, but it's like, I feel like the world prepares you every week, every month leading up to that due date. And then it's like, good luck, (laughs) you know? And so we get home and we are learning who we are. I mean, we've forgotten who we are because we're in this new role we are trying to live up to these standards that we think we have to, you know, you mentioned a quiet house. We should have mm-hmm. a quiet, organized house that, I mean, oh my gosh, <laughs> we could do a whole episode on that, you know? Yeah. And I think the beautiful thing that you, I mean, you mentioned so many beautiful things, but you mentioned, you know, mm-hmm. um, the regret of having alcohol present when both your kids were little, you know, and just almost like you're trying to, gosh, I don't want to say do right with this one because you personally, I know you and you are an incredible mother. You are an incredible mother to both children. Um, but just that pressure of now, you know, like, Mm -hmm. okay, how do I want to do this differently right now? And I think, grief for you is sobriety for me. It's our thing (laughs) that Mm -hmm. we are passionate about. And yes, ma'am, we get to take this and have the really hard conversations and what a true gift to be able to take the mic and be like, okay, we're just going to talk about it because somebody has to. So I just want to say thank you, first of all, just for for your gift and your voice and your vulnerability to talk about the hard things. Um, if it's okay with you, I want to kind of break grief down. Um, we've kind of jumped all over the place and that is the beauty of this podcast is (laughs) I have warned people that I have no idea what I'm doing and this is not going to be polished. It's not going to (laughs) be completely perfectly put together, but that's what's keeping it real. Um, so for those of us, including myself, I just want to break grief down because you in my 
eyes are the expert in the grief world. <laughs> and I think that grief can correct me if I'm wrong. Um, can come in many forms. And a lot of times all these emotions that people are having from various situations or events or, or anything can be grief and we don't know it. So do you have kind of a simplified explanation of what grief is? I will do my best <laughs> because it doesn't really fit into like this cute little box. Right. Uh, but grief is the conflicting emotions, all those feelings that we have when we encounter a loss right. and the loss can be a change of pattern. If you are a drinker and you become sober, if you are in a marriage and that is a divorce, if there is a change of job or a move, all of those things are grieving events. The intensity can vary, okay. but they are all going to be a grieving event. Becoming a mother, that's a change of pattern, a huge one. Mm -hmm. Everything, your whole day-to-day -day routine is completely uprooted and having to readjust is a grieving event. Of course, it can be a beautiful thing and grief is not just sorrow and devastation. It can be joy. It can be, um, oh gosh, just the whole gamut. It can be, <laughs> um, excitement. You know, if you're moving or going on to a new job, it can be, something that tears your life apart. And so we want to, to call out specific things to, to narrow it down, but grief is so broad. Okay. And I, I really like to encourage people in my circle and, you know, people that I work with that no one had to die to experience grief. For me, it was the big piece. Yes. But I think because I went through that and found then all of these different layers that either happened to me in the past or mm -hmm. continue to happen with either relationships, you know, friendships, and, you know, we've moved twice since my daughter died, right? That all of these pieces are grieving events. And if you do not get complete with that, it's going to continue to either re-arise or you're going to have those emotions that will resurface. And you're thinking, where did this come from? I'm mm -hmm. not experiencing this in this moment. Well, it's because it's incomplete grief or incomplete emotions that you haven't yet dealt with. And the beauty about it. And when I created the satellite project, I call it a project because it's ongoing, right? It's, it's this thing that I, you won't ever truly master. And there's a lot of beauty in that, right? You know, it's a sacred journey that is so individually unique and tailored to you because only you get to say, this is how I feel. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think that that's where our worlds kind of collide too. Um, again, correct me if I'm wrong, but when we're coping, when we're dealing with grief, it's very common and you probably, like I said, will know better than me to go right to alcohol because mm -hmm. feeling sad and feeling angry and emotional is uncomfortable. And I think we live in a world that trains us to, or 
not trains us, but encourages us to numb it out, normalizes, oh, let's have alcohol at the funeral, or, Mm -hmm. oh, you're sad about this, pour yourself a glass of wine. You had a hard day? Oh, mama, pour that wine. Like, it's so ingrained in our brain to go to that, um, that solution, not that solution, but that, um, what we think is coping, but is not. And I think that that probably just prolongs the ability to recognize the grief and heal, not necessarily heal from it, but work on it. Am I right? No, you can say heal and that's it nailed it. Exactly. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It prolongs it. Um, The thing with coping mechanisms is that they're designed and cultivated by our culture or society, our community, that it works right until it doesn't. Mm -hmm. And that can be even things such as exercising. Mm-hmm. You know, people will say, oh man, I've got, you know, I had a rough day. I'm just going to hit the pavement. Like I'm going to go run on the treadmill, something like that. going to go to the gym. Okay. Well, that's fantastic. What a healthy choice to, for you to do exercise instead of picking up a drink and, or mm-hmm. pouring something and sitting in the corner, whatever that looks like for you. Mm-hmm. Maybe that was a painting, a picture of me right there. <laughs> um, but, but where is your intention? Right. And if your intention to pick up alcohol, to numb, put it down, Mm -hmm. it's not going to help. It will until it wears off. Mm -hmm. And then that same mess that you were pretending to, to override Mm -hmm. is not dealt with still. And now you've left what will for me, the anxiety, the, oh my gosh, what did I say? Sure. Can we swear here? <laughs> yeah, I have it set to explicit yeah. just to protect myself. Yeah. <laughs> My mom's very concerned about it. So just know that she might listen, but <laughs> I love your mother. I know. Um, yeah, it's, I, I'll do my best, but it's, I am, you know, a swearing is, is part of it to me, yeah. but it's, um, you, you are only doing yourself a disservice. And when you do yourself a disservice, that is doing a disservice to everyone that you come encounter with. Mm-hmm. And as being a mother, how does that show up for your kids? Right. And I think that we know this deep down, but this culture just keeps saying, it's okay. Mm-hmm. Don't worry. I'm in it too. Yeah. Well, what if we had a culture that says, you know, I hear you and I see you that this is a really rough day. And if you need to have that glass, okay, but I'm going to sit here with you until or while you talk to me right? and tell me what's going on. And another big piece of what I do is that we don't compare losses. Mm -hmm. There's no point in that. I can't tell you what you feel or what relationship, what that relationship meant to you. Mm -hmm. It doesn't, it's completely incompatible. It doesn't, there's there's no rhyme or reason or ability to say that, you know, what's going on in someone else's Right. Right. Along with no judgment. And that's a big one. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so I feel like with me being honest here and when I'm working with clients, if I call out my own flaws and that's where this peer to peer piece, like what I do is not therapy. It has therapeutic benefits. Mm-hmm. but it's not therapy. And it's more of this peer to peer relationship that I'm like, yeah, well, here's how I messed up and here's how I got through it. And I think yeah. that's exactly what you're doing here. And it's 
such a beautiful piece because we are all going to make mistakes and we are all going to find those coping mechanisms that worked for a little bit. And then we realize that they don't in a Mm -hmm. long run. And then to say, all right, I know that there's a way that I can do better. How? How? And like, enter this, enter grief recovery, enter, you know, ways that you can find um, stronger support systems that actually benefit your heart, that benefit your way of life that you want to live and for let that trickle out to our kids and our families and our friends. Yep. And that's basically what I tell people too, when they have slip-ups in their alcohol journey or their sobriety journey Mm -hmm. is okay. You're not perfect. Guess what? Neither am I, neither is anybody. And so you can sit here and you can cry about it and you can be really disappointed and that's okay. Just give yourself some grace and recognize what happened and learn from it, just like with grieving. Okay, so mm-hmm. that sucks that this happened, you know, ABC, whatever. Now, how do we move forward? How do we launch off from here? Okay, well, you know, I, I went out with some girlfriends. I didn't know I'd be tempted. Okay, mm-hmm. well, then maybe we take a break from going out with girlfriends for a while. You know, it's, it's what you learn from those situations where there's that opportunity for growth, and then mm-hmm. it'll just stick. So... Oh, this is so fun. (laughs) I know. I really love listening to you and it just resonates with my heart. Well, and the one thing we didn't even talk about too, kind of looping back was the fact that alcohol is a depressant. I mean, so say you're suffering and you're grieving. Now you're trying to fix it or escape it with alcohol. I mean, I'd have to assume you're just going to end up feeling worse. Am I right? Oh gosh. If I... If I, I could not even name to you how many times I was sobbing on the Mm -hmm. floor, either by myself or with a friend, a group of friends, Mm -hmm. it's, I don't, I want to extend myself grace here, but looking back, it's embarrassing. There's like an embarrassment factor there. There's a shame piece and in full disclosure, I've done a relationship graph and addressed with grief recovery using those, those tactics. I've addressed my relationship with alcohol mm-hmm. and I had to, because it was not mutually beneficial. All it did was tear me down mm-hmm. and yeah, the depressant piece of it, um, it's, it's an animal that messes with you. Mm-hmm big time. Well, I speak for myself and everyone listening that you should not be embarrassed (laughs) because you are one of the strongest people I know. And I know anyone that's listening thinks the same. So I'm going to call you out there, but, um, I'm kind of laughing at my, not laughing at myself. The whole theme of my podcast is to focus on the good. So everybody listening is like, holy crap, Jess, this is some heavy (laughs) stuff, man. (laughs) So if it helps you, I've got dark humor. We can bring that on board. (laughs) We are going to take a total shift, not saying anything that we have talked about has not been pure beauty and vulnerability and just amazing but I want to focus on the good. This is where we're going to kind of shift gears and take a look at everything that's happening that is good in your life that has come from maybe darker chapters, but can now give people hope and inspiration. So 
some of the things I'm hoping we can talk on um, or touch on is just big or small, what were some of the benefits that you started feeling once you removed alcohol? Mm-hmm. I feel like that's my whole life now. Everything that I, that I have in becoming, I don't even want to say have become, but am becoming mm-hmm. because I have a business that I love to pour my heart and soul into until the wee hours of the morning. And I, I love to write and I have, I have a wonderful friend who lives down the street and she's like, there's a book in you. There's a book in you. Uh And, and I, I guess I kind of, you know, have these pieces where I kind of explore that. And so I love the, the actual emotional honesty that comes with being sober. It's not um, filtered by any type of substance. We also have um, recently, I've said, I've moved a couple of times in the most recent one. Um, (laughs) We moved to a a little farm and, and we're creating this new environment for ourselves and it has a beautiful garden and finding myself outside more often and in this big open space just outside of town. But I love to immerse myself in the outdoors and being being here in this, in this space is so soul fulfilling mm-hmm. and having alcohol. I, I, because it hasn't been that long. Yes. I have had, you know, a few drinks on my back patio when the sun was setting and, you know, it was very tranquil, but I'm, I'm also looking forward to this summer to not, and having, you know, like, I love your recipes that you give and, you know, searching up different, um, concoctions that you can create with Mm -hmm. all different kinds of flavors. And I think that that also kind of ties back into the garden and, you know, we Mm -hmm. have rosemary and mint and all these different herbs that you can throw into these drinks that Mm -hmm. are sans alcohol. And how fun is that to first off, create it from your own garden and secondly to just enjoy and be in a very open, clear space and state of mind. Um, other things I love to do. I love to sew. Um, I'm not good at it. (laughs) I I think it's really fun. Um, I love to just, you know, do graphic design stuff. I recently just left my, um, my job that, you know, I did on the daily, um, Mm -hmm. to, to devote my heart into the grief work, but that was also, you know, another piece that when I, um, it just cultivated a lot of like design skills. And I had Mm -hmm. this incredible, um, boss that just, you know, is is so fulfilling too. And, um, just those relationships that flourish in, in that clear headspace. Mm-hmm. And you know, that there isn't any type of um, mask happening mm-hmm. because it's real. It's, it's, yeah. it's genuine. There's no filter. There's no alcohol buffer zone that says, you know, after you sober up and be like, was that real? Or did I just <laughs> dream it? <laughs> and so I feel like that my relationships have just become more authentic. I've, yep. I've found myself in just these environments in these communities that explore, you know, women empowerment in businesses and explore grief, honesty, and 
that's not to say that I have such a long way to go still too, but there's such a beauty and excitement to that too, that being completely myself 24, seven, 365, if you will, mm-hmm. is so peaceful. It's so like, I just want to be like, <sighs> freeing. Yeah. Freeing. Good word. Yes. Yes. I didn't even have that written down. I love that. Um, Oh, I love everything you mentioned. I mean, you pretty much summed up what we talk about as your toolbox. Mm-hmm. I mean, you change your environment. I mean, you really changed your environment because <laughs> you moved, but <laughs> I mean, you found new hobbies, you're gardening, you're sewing, you're writing your relationships, you know, with, with other people. And I love that. I mean, a new business. You are showing that by being yourself, by having that clear mind and removing that substance, look at all of these amazing opportunities that are are here for you and you're living. Yeah. It's beautiful. Thank you. Mm -hmm. So tell me what is most important in your life at this moment? Mm, My family, Mm -hmm. my son specifically, I would say, and bringing Marissa's memory and honoring her through everything that I do in the grief space. I love that. Yeah. And you've taught me so much about that just in, just in following you in, on social media, really, because I think that's a hard topic for people. They don't know if they should talk about Marissa, not her specifically, but a lost Mm -hmm. child. If Mm -hmm. that brings up the emotions or if it's a good thing, you know? And so seeing you just share about her and share the pictures, like, I think it's a beautiful thing. And I'm so glad that you do it. I appreciate that. Thank Mm -hmm. you. Yeah. Okay. Uh, We already talked about hobbies, accomplishments. I mean, you've got this new business as we'll talk about uh, briefly before we end. Looking forward, what does this new chapter of your life enable you to do? I mean, we kind of touched on it a little, but what are you looking forward to now kind of as we move forward, mm-hmm. especially in this new year? <laughs> I know. What a great time too, to mm-hmm. open this bag up. <laughs> right. Um, you know, it's funny. I, I feel like this is so brand new to me that I don't feel like I wake up every day and be and say to myself, um, here is a new day that I'm going to be sober. I feel like I wake up and I say, where is my passion and how can I approach it with a clear mind? And it's not that I'm turning away from my old ways, but I am, I guess, excited. I am, I am humbly really looking forward to what's around the corner because I don't know. Mm-hmm. And for me, I guess, <laughs> I guess you could say I've experienced the worst day of my life. You know, there's, there's that quote that says, um, you've made it through a hundred percent of your worst days. Keep yeah. going. Yeah. And, and that resonates so fully with me that there could be very well, you know, it's, it's probably the case <laughs> knock on wood that, another bad day will come. It's just bound to happen. That's life. Mm -hmm. But with all of the tools that I have, 
I really sincerely want, I, I'm looking forward to, to, I don't want to say tackling it, but to embark on this with new, with fresh eyes. Mm-hmm. So I guess I'm, what am I looking forward to? Is it every day? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, it's not something that I personally can, can boil down, unfortunately, I suppose, but there's, there's just this joyful part of me that, um, really resonates with this new concept mm-hmm. of, of living without alcohol and with just a more open heart. I kind of got the feeling you were touching on just confidence, you know, oh, yeah, yeah. there's just this layer of feeling, I don't want to say prepared. We don't want to be prepared and we don't want to welcome those bad days, but you know, you have developed such powerful tools and are practicing all of your tools and methods every day. And so while we do that, it, it gets easier. I mean, it does get easier. It's not enjoyable. Sure. The default changes mm -hmm. that default of, of wanting to explore the old ways. Right. When, when you've had, when, when you have these new tools, Mm-hmm. the default shifts to the new tools as it rightly should. Yeah. We if have the saying, play it forward. You're able to play the tape Ooh, forward. Yeah. You know, yes. If I sit down and have that glass of wine tonight, I know what happens, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. I can't unknow the things I know now. So what I'll, I'll numb it out for a few minutes. I'll sleep like crap. I'll wake up feeling really crappy about myself. Mm-hmm. Play it forward. You know, what's going to happen. So, oh my goodness, this is so good. Um, okay. I have like one more question for you Hit me up. to the one person or hopefully many that are going to listen to this <laughs> <laughs> other than my mom. Um, <laughs> what is something that you could say to them? Um, what advice or inspiration can you leave them with to make a change, whether it's grief related, sobriety related, just anything that you think would serve them? Hmm. I, the word that resonates the most with me is grace. Um, but figure out where your intentions lie. And I love your journal, the why, the, the way that explores in the very beginning, like, where is your why? And I've, feel it's also important to acknowledge if that why changes and as you explore and grow that, that why can shift and your intentions can shift and have grace with yourself in knowing that that's a really phenomenal piece of being human and mm-hmm. being you. Um, so offer yourself grace and it's okay to to mess up or to say, this isn't working for me anymore. I got to change it up. You know, it's, you get to write your life bad pieces and all, but oh, those good ones. Yeah. You got to resonate in those and give yourself grace. Cause you're not alone in this. Yeah. There is such power in sharing stories like yours, like mine to remind people, oh, it's, 
it's not just me that that happened to. Mm-hmm. There's not something wrong with me. Like yeah. we're all together in this. So, so true. The, the idea of you have to raise a child or it takes a village to raise a child. I like to flip it the other way. And it's in, in my case, it takes a village to grieve a child and it takes a village to move forward. You have to make sure that the community that you are surrounded with supports your why and supports your intentions. Otherwise, where is the growth happening? That's mm-hmm. ironic. Cause I think I posted on this this morning. It's like, it's, it's just heavy on my heart today. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. That you can't do it alone. You mm-hmm. can't. I mean, early in my journey, I tried to do it alone and it was day one again, day one again, day one again. And the second I found people that were like-minded mm-hmm. and supported what I was trying to do. It's amazing how you gain that strength and the days start tallying up and you look back like, oh, okay. I guess that whole community piece, uh, (laughs) that connection. (laughs) It wasn't just a cute word. (laughs) It's not a cute word. I understand it now. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for opening up that too. Yes. This is so great. Um, I'm just going to ask one more thing and we'll wrap it up. I just want Mm -hmm. to know, or have you share how people can get a hold of you and sure. talk a little bit about the satellite project briefly and, and where they can find you. Of course. Thank you. Uh, so satellite is spelled with one T and two L's and it's L I G H T because hope is where it's at and, and light. And um, Marissa loved the moon and the moon is a natural satellite. And so I'm not opening up some type of NASA <laughs> extension campus, but, um, that's kind of where, where my heart is in, is in this piece. Um, and so I am, so satellite project on Instagram, primarily there is a Facebook as well. That's synced up to it. Um, I'm on clubhouses at Katie Greer and I go on to a lot of grief rooms and, you know, life changing events, uh, stuff there. And, um, I have my website as satelliteproject.com and I just ask whoever is interested to hop on a call with me. It's, I love to, to talk with people. <laughs> it's the reason why I love these podcasts. Thank you. And I think that dialogue is more important than, than anything. And especially with grief, you know, we have to break down these old barriers that have been passed down from generations of these myths that what's does not serve us and why, why they don't. And so just creating that community that there's that word again, that um, open space where it's okay to be wrong and it's okay to learn and it's okay to grow. And in fact, it's encouraged. Mm-hmm. Oh, so, so good. Well, thank you so, so much for being a guest here on Decidedly Dry. I am beyond excited for people to hear this and benefit from from your voice and your knowledge. So thank you. Thank you for your heart and everything that you're pouring your heart and soul into this. This is incredible. Thank you. Absolutely. If you'd like to learn more about the show or make a donation, you can head over to decidedlydry.com. If you enjoy the show, the best way to support it is to subscribe and to leave an awesome rating or review over on Apple Podcasts. It's sure been a treat spending this time with you. And just remember, if the only thing you did today was stay sober, 
you are winning. I'll see you next time.